Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. This is a podcast where we talk to performers about their worst nightmares on stage. When things go awry and they're not having a good time, I am your dubious host, Lauren Hutton. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Luke Fagenbush. And That's right. Lauren, it finally happened, technically. We, we Wait, got what? a magician. I mean, she's... Yes! she's. We did! A comedian. She is a comedian. She'd get angry if we introduced her as a magician <laughs> on its own, but... I've been saying everybody's got to start somewhere, and it just so happens that our guest this week, the lovely Kelly Collette, started out doing close-up street magic for was it, was it a carnival? Did she join? Yeah, the carnival? I think she I was remember. a carny. I always had that vibe yeah. from her, but yeah. <laughs> no, if there could be an opposite of a carny, it would be Kelly Collette. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, what else did we talk about? Okay, so after sh- her showmanship was fired in the forge of street magic, uh, she went on. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she went on stage and just slayed at comedy. I yeah, I I want to say she dug up some bombs and some fails, but she she's had an immaculate career that culminated in a dry bar special. And uh, I forget when that gets released. So stick around to the end of the episode for that plug. <laughs> We're so good at doing intros, man. Dude, do you think people can even fathom that we just crank out three or four of these at a time? Do you think? Th- I don't think so. I think you if, know, cause, I mean, it's, if they heard that, their heads like would explode. Did. <laughs> All the overtalk, especially. That's what would be. Exactly. Half started. And then we yeah. just, uh-huh. One take, single take, <laughs> fired from the hip. And baby, we're good to go. <laughs> so yeah, Kelly's great. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode because we had a blast making it. So much fun. Kelly, how many people do you know personally that have caught the wonderful virus that has subsumed every talking point of anything? Well, my neighbor has it right now. Uh, my best friend or husband have it. My friend Amanda and her boyfriend have it. So I'd say six to seven because okay. there's probably getting, but I Luke. don't have it. <laughs> so. The answer to your question is irrelevant because I'm healthy. <laughs> is that what you guys are thinking that you're worried about me? It's exactly what it was. Uh, <laughs> Luke, Sorry, I'm many... like perched like Gollum. I don't know if you can see how I'm sitting, but my knees are in my chest. <laughs> is that like comfortable? Rock that I'm getting into right now. So is... it's just, this is where I'm sitting. Sorry, it's happening. Is, is that a normal thing? Is that normally how you just perch when you're at home? Or yes, it's so nice to be in a ball. It's kind of like your, it's like your own weighted blanket, sort of. I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find the fetal position pretty comforting. I usually curl up in a ball when I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Man. Luke, how many people do you know that have coronavirus? Um, Really, no one in like my friend's circle that I know of has it. But at work, there was one girl who got it, and she went out and did her two weeks and then came back. 
And then my boss's boss went on vacation, got it while he was on vacation, and then stayed away. So that was good. But we've had like three or four cases at work, and it's never in my department. So they're like, yeah, you're good. Just to let you know, somebody in the company had it. We can't tell you who, but... Yeah, HIPAA. I like how you call it dung there two weeks. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, like it's some kind of rite of passage. Like, have you done your two weeks yet? Like, they I mean, did their time. Taken out or something. Everybody's got to do their two weeks. That's yeah, amazing. we locked them in the no no closet for two weeks and just slipped <laughs> through food through the mail slot. <laughs> Those onion bagels are typical office food. <laughs> oh, God. How awful. Like, keep... It was Sharon's birthday. Here's your slice of cake. <laughs> we just push it through the vent. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No matter what, every time I ask somebody the question, who do you know that has coronavirus? No one says Tom Hanks. Everyone knows Tom Hanks, and he yeah, had he it. Have it he yeah, but he funny. had it. I mean, it's it's a pretty open, vague, and manipulative question, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> but that's not what we came here to talk about. We came here to talk about you, Kelly. Me? Yeah. That's Did- terrible. <laughs> 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 Kelly, how long have you been a performer, and have you done anything outside of the realm of like stand-up comedy? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. No one ever asked me that. Performer. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so I've been doing stand-up comedy for 10 years. Prior to that, I did two kind of performances. I was in the Cincinnati Circus. What? Yeah. How did I not know this about you? (laughs) I don't think a lot of people do. Um, I did a variety of circus acts. I did... Still walking, um, magic, which has been doing. <laughs> I'm so the glad I asked this question. This is amazing. Face painting. Um, I did cold reading, like uh, palm reading at parties. I did basically anything that he was like, "Hey, we need someone to." I acted in like murder mystery parties for them. Um, and then the other thing I did was I was on the Cincinnati Reds rally pack. So it's the people that would like dance on the dugout and throw the t-shirts out and shoot them out of the cannon. Yeah. Did, oh, cool. Yeah, I did that for four years. So wait, did you go from stilt walking to magician? <laughs> yes, it was a upgrade. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did they see in your stilt walking act where they were like, she'd make a good magician? <laughs> it's just perseverance like if you know not to lock your legs and (laughs) one time i had to walk a parade in stilts dressed as a statue of liberty that's like a mile walking oh my god God. (laughs) i feel like stilts are a short spurt thing i'm I'm lifting these things up and i'm like why am i doing this like (laughs) this is not the life I thought I was going to do another job. That I Circus had. life? You didn't see yourself doing that? Anytime they would come up with something new, I want to try it, though. Like, we did um, living statues, which is a really fun thing. So you paint your whole body like a statue. Right. And you're supposed to just stand there and, like, be a piece of art. But they hired me to do one in the park one time. And I just, for some reason, this is before, like, Impractical Jokers and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to scare people. Like, I'm supposed <laughs> to be standing still and only move slightly. But, like, people would come around the corner and not notice me. I'd be like, ah! <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to think you were the one who started that. Like, no, I did. The... <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, there's no, I'm like, it's the Truman Show. That's that's how fucking vain I am. And I'm like, <laughs> look, everybody was watching me and the idea. But no, I I, I loved um, working with them. It was really fun. I, they still sometimes hire me for comedy shows. Like if people are hiring for comedians, like they're kind of like a booker sort of. Oh, wow. Still. Way to network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you how did you find yourself working as a circus person? Like what was the path that led to that? It's, it's a very unconventional one. Uh Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, those lanes don't I would intersect. Not that. <laughs> no, okay. And you think it's a joke because that would be a good punchline. However, um my religion teacher was a juggler. And he uh would juggle on the side and he was like a really nice guy and I think he thought I had a good personality and when I graduated high school uh this is like when Facebook like came around when I was in college and I think he hit me up one day and he's like hey we need like uh some performers like we teach you everything because he was like trying to build this whole company and I think I was one of the first people that started with him now he I mean he was up before COVID he was up to like like i mean he's had more than 50 people walk through that door he does like events 365 like oh my god everything so it was crazy like fire eating me like so it was me and a couple other people from high school that i knew we all like started training he taught us like fire eating and like poi and like they learned juggling i had no technique for juggling but the first thing they make you do is the stilts so they strap the stilts on you and if you can walk like he just he throws you out there like he's tossing you in a lake you wouldn't think stilts would be the start off thing because that's i mean you can kind of hurt yourself juggling but still seems like you will hurt yourself learning to do that you're gonna fall down right and i always say what happens if i fall he said land on a squishy kid and like, oh there was no contingency plan it was like it was like getting trained by yoda like you do or do not there is no try like you're I did pass out once when I was on stilts. I was doing I was doing balloon animals on stilts at a girl's princess party, and they had me in the living room, this tall giant princess. I'm like, it's not even necessary for me to be on stilts right now. Like I could get down. <laughs> I would enjoy these balloon animals anyway. This is a hat on a hat. This... Right. I was like, <laughs> this freak in your living room, but I had uh, I locked my legs. And it was really hot in there. So when I went to go get down off my stilts, I like passed out because <laughs> my circulation was, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this one. I'm gonna try magic. <laughs> I, t- I tried magic because magic paid more because it was more exclusive. Ah. But I was terrible at it. I was terrible. I would, um, I would do a lot of like talking to people to try and distract them from what I was doing with my hands. <laughs> Pretty much, like, look over there or whatever. Like, <laughs> they just kept saying, like, you just need to practice, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna just, I'm just gonna coast off my charisma. <laughs> it was terrible. So you were kind of trying to do stand up to distract from your terrible magic skills, anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, I was always like, just be a personality. People were like, finish the card trick. And you're like, oh, I had forgotten all about that. I was talking That's about airplane food. Yeah, because you could see by the hour, I was like, let's see how long I can go without actually having to do a trick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I would buy like these store-bought tricks from this magic shop in Covington. And the guy would be like, 
basically he's selling you the scheme or the gimmick or how to do it right. um and it's like the easiest stuff and you're like any idiot can do that um and then he would like jack up the price like so hard like because you, you're like that that was a really cool trick and it looks really easy so if i buy that thing for 20 dollars I can do a magic show for 200. <laughs> it's like, it was like, it was the weirdest. I was like in college, like I had a big magic truck. I can't <laughs> believe <laughs> Wait, is that what they paid? $200 for a magic show? Oh, way more than that. Cause that's what oh I would get after the cut probably. <laughs> yeah. People will pay out the nose to have you entertain their little kid at their party. Yeah. Like I, I, highest paying gig I ever had was a 16 year old's birthday party and I did not perform well I they were like we want you to play music and then we want you to do stand-up at the end I was two months into stand-up I was not ready to do anything <laughs> in a freaking living room I played four songs I told two jokes to the like the the chick's mom and they paid me four hundred dollars for that for nothing I get, um, parents are I, dumb <laughs> I think I did get one DJ gig through that drop, and I real? ruined this father-daughter dance. Yes. <laughs> I ruined it. I still have like anxiety nightmares about how I didn't know what I was doing. They shouldn't have hired me. I'd never DJed before. I made a playlist. They're like, it's easy. Just do the playlist. <laughs> Somehow, I didn't. I didn't have enough time on there, and so I started picking songs that I thought were appropriate for a father-daughter that were not. Um, like what? Oh, my God. So, yeah, um, there was a group of fathers and daughters dressed as the village people. And instead of playing YMCA, which I should have played, I played Macho Man, which oh, I thought would be fun. no. But it starts, the start, body, body. Wanna feel your body, body, body. <laughs> and all these dads are just looking at me like, and I'm like, how long is this intro? How long is this just kept going on? And I'm like, I'm like talking over every single song. I'm like, come up here, give me your recommendations. Like I'm like, that's when Soldier Boy was out, and I was like, should I play this? Like, I didn't know. You're just so trying bad. to drown out the explicit lyrics. I was like, uh, super, yeah, Superman these hoes. Like I had it was my Catholic school that I had went to, so I was like, I should know. I was just unprepared, and I just remember just getting looks from people like. Oh, at one point someone yelled next in the middle of a song I was playing. And I was like, All right, next song. Like I just did whatever they wanted because I was like, I'm so insecure about my skills. So I commend you for being a DJ because uh, dealing with the crowd is not easy. How much time did you run short? Like how much time did you have to improvise like, you know, the rest of the set? An list? hour. Oh my God. That's not a short amount of time. Like, I was like, okay, an hour. Songs are about three minutes long. I only need to find like quickly how many songs do I, you know what I mean? <laughs> three, three Grateful Dead live songs. Yeah, that'll yeah. get you out of it. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven on repeat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was terrible. So those were my performing experiences prior to stand up. I, I think I was in chorus in eighth grade. I was not a good singer. I got kicked out. I tried to join the musical at the end of the year in high school, but it was during track season, so I had to quit that because I was running track. Um, so, so I always like, 
Yeah. Did you get kicked out of chorus for being a bad singer? Can they Absolutely. do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, are you, you're that shitty. Yeah, uh, I was in seventh grade chorus, and then when I went to go sign up for eighth grade chorus, my name was not on the list anymore, and I was like, all right, touche. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, fine by me. I will <laughs> yeah. still karaoke. That's That's one of my, like, I should feel shame about how bad my voice is, but I don't. Like, I'll still sing karaoke, and people will be like, who's murdering a dog? <laughs> the other room, and I'm like, that's me. And I'm well, having fun. Yes, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> I I would prefer someone do bad at karaoke than someone do really good and me resent them. Like right? anytime <sighs> Lee Kimbrell sings Walking in Memphis, I'm like, get the fuck off the I mic. Hate <laughs> <laughs> I hate people who can sing well, just like out of nowhere. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Seriously, it pisses me off. But don't ever go do karaoke in like Nashville. Like everybody's trying to be a singer there. Mm. <laughs> my big break. Absolutely, they think that you know at two a.m. in that little bar. Is that you? Is that a poster of you That's behind me. you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I should look right now, and this is what you get. So <laughs> I'm over there too. <laughs> <laughs> I just put all my comedy posters on the wall because I was like, hmm. And it looks like a shrine to myself, which just a touch. I shouldn't be sitting. Just I a little bit. Sitting, I shouldn't be sitting right to them. But like, I got, there's cool ones like uh, there's Limestone there. Yeah. There's your ball comedy festival. That's when we taped oh, nice. stuff. This is the first tour I ever did with Lindsay Bowling and Sally Brooks. That was. I don't even know what year that is. Do they have years written on a poster? So just like little memories. It's fun to. It's fun to look back. Yeah. yeah. It's, I it's, mean, to a non-comedian, it looks creepy as hell. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I got, I got, I got, I'm the honorary mayor of Pineville, Kentucky. I have what? that. <laughs> How did that happen? That's a signed, signed signature from Gilda Radner. Uh, yeah, Wait, just. How do you get to be an honorary mayor? Hmm. Um. <laughs> So Pineville, Kentucky is this really small town in Kentucky, almost to Tennessee. And they do something every year called the Kentucky Mountain Festival, Kentucky Mountain Laurel Festival Pageant. It's quite a name. <laughs> every, every college in Kentucky will select one woman to walk down the side of a mountain wearing a white evening gown, like a ball gown, and she curtsies to the governor and then out of that selection, one woman from one college is named Kentucky Mountain Laurel Festival Princess. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And the, rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us get these honorary mayor plaques. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I was finishing this story for you and I was like, so the winner gets to be mayor? That's the prize of this weird no. contest? It used to be a dog, and now it's a girl in a ball gown. <laughs> yeah, the, the rabbit hash kind of lineup of mayors is dog, dog, pig, dog. beauty pageant winner. Right. <laughs> so it's so like ridiculous. a three-day festival. It's, it's an amazing thing. They've been putting it on for years. It's kind of this weird, cool tradition that I got to be a part of, but... Then everybody gets drunk afterwards in like the square. They bring like a keg out, and uh, the girl who wins, they throw her in the creek. Like all the guys, all the escorts <laughs> to the girls, they throw the winner into this pond, 
in front of everybody. It's like a tradition. The year I did it, they go to throw the guy in the pond and uh, <laughs> he goes, Kim, this one's for you. Cause his date had won Kim from Georgetown. <laughs> and instead of letting the guys throw him in the pond, he dives headfirst into a two foot deep pond. Oh no. Scratches his face open, is bleeding in the pond while everybody's singing my old Kentucky home. <laughs> in the background. I'm just like, what is this life that I'm living right now? Like, this is all before like reality TV and social media. Oh like I think God. I have one picture on social media from this thing. It was insane. Wow. That, that was made for MTV. That's a good story. Beautiful. I don't know. It's an amazing story. Oh my god. I never know what I never know if this shit's interesting or not. Like I'm like, eh. but it was fun. It was yeah. so fun. To someone who was a magician and stilt walker and fire eater, that kind of seems par for the course. <laughs> yeah, my, myself into some weird I have my Kentucky Colonel over there. I'm Kentucky Colonel too. You just get that. Oh from, yeah. Only a Kentucky Colonel can name another Kentucky Colonel. So now I got like blessing powers. Like I'm the Pope. Like I could be <laughs> someone else's Colonel, which is fun. It's been a fun gift when I feel like not getting. Like I'm like, oh, I could get them a toaster, or I could make them a Kentucky. Like it's like <laughs> it's a great, it's a great. Uh, yeah, if I don't feel like, like getting father. out, they could be <laughs> Kentucky out, yeah. royalty. We have to jump you into the colonels. Yeah. <laughs> your bullet so time. You have to get jumped back out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing someone opening a letter at a wedding reception from you on their gift table, and it just says, I know you were registered at Bed Bath & Beyond, but you're a <laughs> colonel now. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Jesus. Here's your plaque, and now you get to be better than everybody else. <laughs> in the eyes of Kentucky. Yep. So how how did all of these twists and turns and these various uh, weird skills that you've acquired, uh, how did that transition into stand-up comedy? So I think I always wanted to do it. Even like when I was young, I would watch a lot of Comedy Central and a lot of Maria Bamford and Sarah Silverman and Margaret Cho and these really cool chicks that I was like, they're so funny. Like, I think I'm funny, which sounds conceited, especially with these posters behind me. (laughs) (laughs) But I was always trying to be like the funny person in my group of friends or the funny person in class. Um, And so when I graduated college, I was like, I know I want to try it. I've always wanted to try it. Why don't I just try it? So, like, I think it was two weeks after I graduated, I did my first open mic. Like, I don't know. Is that a good? <laughs> I don't know. If that's... Were you? And I just didn't where did stop. you go to college? I went to Northern Kentucky University. Oh, okay. And did you do yeah. an open mic in that area? No, I went to go bananas. Oh, you were. I've always been. For me, starting out, like, the club mic was kind of intimidating, so I think I mm-hmm. saw one of those, but then I found, like, the smallest bar mic I could to fail. <laughs> <laughs> I liked doing it at the club because, you you know, you brought your friends, and I remember going over my set and, like, making my friends, like, promise no matter what, you'll, like, laugh, and you'll, like, laugh out loud. And I remember <laughs> I, was wearing, I was wearing high heels, 
And I remember, like, I knew I was next to go up, and I looked at my friend, and I go, I go, I need your shoes. I couldn't even speak. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> She goes, what do you mean? Like, she was wearing flip-flops. And I was like, I can't go up there in heels. Like, I'll fall. I need your shoes. So she wore my size seven and a half shoes. And I put on her size six flip-flops <laughs> with my toes hanging out of the edge. Just because I was, like, I was so nervous. I was like, I don't want to think about, like, walking and falling while I'm worried about people laughing. Um, I I still get worried about falling on stage and it's never happened to me. Like every time I go up, I'm like, what? I'm going to wipe out on stage. It's just a weird fear I have that I yeah. never have to worry about. You're like, what? There's no like labyrinth stairs going to the stage. It's no. usually pretty flat on there. <laughs> right. Most of the time there isn't even a stage. They just set up a mic in yeah, the bar. In the <laughs> exactly. I'm going to wipe out over there. <laughs> I, I'm more worried about like my fly being down. So I've like, I've made it like sometimes in the middle of the set, I'll like try and nonchalantly check my fly. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then of course I always call it out. I was like, did you guys see what I just did? I was just checking my, like, I... <laughs> I'm not slick like that. I can't get away with that. Were, yeah. were you like that? And are you still like that? Where you get nervous about being on stage or? Not anymore. Um, I only get nervous for like the really big important stuff like like when I did the theater shows with Eliza or like the dry bar stuff I would like my hands would be like a little numb and tingly like right before oh, I went yeah. on like, and I would like for like three days leading up to whatever event I have like nightmares that I get up there and I just forget <laughs> oh my god my whole set <laughs> And so I always have my emotional support set list next to me on the stool. And I know that's unprofessional in some people's eyes to have a, a note or something. But I'm like, literally, I won't look at it. But just knowing that it's there right. calms me down. Um, just in case, just in case you do crowd work or someone riles you up or whatever, you can be like, holy shit, where were we? And you right, yeah. don't have to like, switch your brain off and be like, <laughs> yeah. So did the first night, did that go okay? Do you remember? The first night of, you do in comedy. Yeah, the first night went well. Like, I got a lot of laughs. And all the dudes wanted to take me out in the hallway afterwards and say, keep coming back. I think, like, <laughs> uh, my, friend Ryan, my friend Ryan said, you're really funny. You should keep coming back, which was great. I had other people say, great set. And then Gabe, my buddy Gabe, said, Come back and bring all your hot friends. You know, so half of it was encouragement, half of it was like, I brought like my whole entire sorority to come see me, and all the guys were like, Yeah, <laughs> we need her to stick around. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. Do you remember any jokes that you told that first that first time that you were on stage? Yeah, it was stupid. I all of it was <laughs> Here are two jokes in my first set list that I hate myself for. Don't know what I don't know what it is about podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I did magic, and here's my two shittiest jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, podcasters like old tiny confessionals. Um, I did a I did a stupid joke about being at Benny Hanna with Paris, like something about like Paris Hilton telling me like, don't touch the the grill because that's hot or something along the lines <laughs> of that and um 
then there was a joke about a sex tape because Paris, it was like Paris Hilton was like in the pop culture phenomenon back then. Mm-hmm. And then um, I said something like, why is it called Victoria's Secret pink when you have pink written across your ass? I'm like, it should be Victoria's Secret brown, which is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and like low hanging fruit, so bad, gross, not my brand, but I think I just had like, where do you start? You know what I mean? You yeah. Think yeah. You're like, oh, okay, Paris Hilton. She keeps saying that's hot. What she could be talking about? And I was just like, uh, Betty Hanna girl. Like, I feel like, like that's just like. <laughs> I feel like most of my comedy to begin with was like word association. I was like, here, yeah, that's something that makes sense in my head. <laughs> well, that's a better instinct than just talking about porn, which is most people starting out. Why? Yep. Like humping the stool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did an open mic because I wanted to practice for dry bar. I did an open mic and some kid came down and I was really excited to hear a set because he's from outside the city. And I was like, I don't know who this is. It's always fun to see somebody who's new. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I was fucking this girl and I spit on her face. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I am done. I'm too old for this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. It was just like, can we please stop talking about? Yep. (laughs) I know that sounds judgmental, but I'm like, can we just? It's been done a hundred thousand times, and it's just like, I don't know. I sound bitchy. It it gets old. (laughs) Yeah, it gets old. So I was like. I don't, I tried, I think a lot of the stuff I did when I was starting out was shock value, very much like, you know, you hear like Amy Schumer and you're just like, oh, you know, sometimes you say a ridiculous thing and you can get a reaction. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But like, I was trying to be her, I think. Yeah. Anytime you're trying to be somebody else, that's, you're growing towards yeah. something that's you, but you don't want to stay there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then someone told me. Um, you should watch Nikki when she comes to the club because she was one of the only female headliners that was headlining at that point. Mm-hmm. And she talked a lot about like stuff that was personal to her. And I was like, wow, like maybe I do have interesting things to say and I don't have to just comment on stuff that everybody knows, like a pop culture perspective of stuff. I was like, maybe people want to hear about like what my take on the thing is because I am a woman, I am younger. Um, and there are not a lot of us kind of giving our commentary on how we see the world through our lens. So yeah. that was kind of, it was kind of eye-opening advice to me. I was like, oh, I have a unique perspective to talk about here. Maybe I should try to do that instead of trying to shock people through <laughs> whatever I was trying to do for the first three years. I mean, because you don't know who you are for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. Especially in stand-up. And then it becomes a point where you get so tired of your act. You're just like, well, what do I care about? Like, what do I care to t-? And I, I want to talk about stuff that I care about in a way that makes them care about it. So that's when I started incorporating, like, a lot of my jokes about, like, women president. Like, I want a women president, but I also make fun of the idea, which is also kind of making fun of people who think that it's ridiculous. Because I know it's not ridiculous. So it's yeah. kind of like a roundabout way of being, like, you see how stupid you sound when yeah. you say a woman can't be president? Look right, how stupid right. I'm sounding right now. And 
Trying to like reverse psychology, everybody. <laughs> that that's one of my favorite jokes of yours, and one of my favorite jokes where you, you stop and you're like, you're not even ready for a female to be a comedian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for knowing my t- because I I literally would do that, and when you talk about bombing, I had to write that tag for that because I would get a either blank stare reaction. One person said boo one time. I said, <laughs> Are you president for real? Boo. Jesus. And, <laughs> and instead of doing crowd work, like, why do you hate yourself? Why do you hate me? Like, I just, like, and everyone ready for a woman to be a comedian. And I was like, I have to keep that whether they like the joke or not. Because <laughs> Yeah, it's such a but great always, tag. That's... Someone in the crowd. Yeah, Unfortunately true, where people are right. like, can we laugh at her? Is that... <laughs> yeah. It's like they're so not she... ready to laugh at a woman. It's like, does she know she's doing comedy? Yeah, exactly. Where does that reaction come from? <laughs> right, right. No, I'm glad that you said that, because I that was written out of necessity, that tag, because of the reactions I was getting. And I was like, well, here's going to be a laugh no matter what. Either laugh at your reaction to me, or my feeling of the situation, even throwing it out there to you. Because, um, yeah, right. it's always awkward when people aren't on, bo- or aren't on board with your premise. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're like, hold on, let me get you on board. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that something you ran into a lot starting out? Or was it like just when you started doing stuff that was personal to you? What, the premise stuff? Or just where you being a girl on stage was a problem for audience members. Yes. Yes. And I feel like people were more likely to judge me for how I looked and yeah. being a woman. Because um, there's that you're fighting a stereotype right away. You're fighting the stereotype that women aren't going to be funny or she's just going to go up there and talk about her vagina or all the things that you hear about. I mean, I've had people slide into my inboxes after shows. Hey, I usually don't like women, but you were funny. Oh, and no. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I can, they're in there. And it's still, <laughs> it's still a thing people say. They come up to me after the shows. Oh, I like, I, I usually don't like female comics, but you were funny. I get it from women and men. It's weird. I would not think that that's still kind of an opinion that people express that way, even. Right. I'm like, I'm glad I could sway you, but why are you an asshole? (laughs) 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 Not say these things out loud. Like, I know you're trying to come off complimentary, but like, why are you hating on my sisters? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, at the very least, by 2020, why have you not learned to just not say that? Just don't say that. Right. Just say, be like, hey, I liked your stuff. That's it. That's hey, all I liked it's your stuff. Mm. What are you going to be a mom? Do you think you're ready yet? Oh, Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Please tell me you're being hyperbolic. No one has come up to you after a show and been like, when are you going to be a mom? No, no. Oh, thank God. Hyperbolic. In my head, I was like, please explain hyperbolic to me. And then I'll tell you what <laughs> No, it's like it's like on the list of things you don't ask women. Like, yeah. You don't ask them like that. You, you shouldn't say like, oh, you're fun. And then like people want to rank you. Are you, have, you been, have you guys been at, ranked after a show with other comics? Explain that more. What do you mean oh, by ranked? Hanging out. 
you're hanging out with the headliner in the, in the opener or whatever, or the feature in the whatever, whatever you are, you're hanging out with your comics after the show and people walk by yeah. and they go, good. You were my, like, point, you were my favorite. You were good too. Ah. Says nothing to this person. And then like, walk. I'm like, yeah. they just rank us? Do yeah. We, <laughs> why are people doing this? Yeah. Yes, I've had that happen. It's the worst where it happens to like, I had a night hosting where somebody was like, hey, you were really funny and you were good. And they didn't even remember I was on stage as the host. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you like the show too? Yeah. Yeah. Where were you Uh, seated? Yeah, I watched from the back with the light because I was bringing people up. (laughs) You don't remember me? I told you to turn off your cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. I told you where the fire exits were. You I saved attention. your life. Seriously, it's an important job. But you get it. I'm like, why? I, I, it's kind of like audience etiquette goes out the window sometimes, and you're just like, it's nice when you're the favorite. It sucks when you're not even on the list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's like really awkward to respond. Like, thank you. You know, it's nice to hear good feedback, but sometimes it, it seems like a sh- uh, compliment sandwich. Sometimes people are giving you, you know, yeah. <laughs> they want to give you a compliment, but like also bring you to, like you're good for a woman, or like right, you were yeah. good for an MC, or you were good for whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever other caveat they want to put on there. Whatever. You were good, yeah. even though I just yeah. ate, like or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the bathroom, but people seemed to like you as I was coming back to my seat. Right. <laughs> You're not my style, but everybody seems to be enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm g- I can see how people would like that. I think I've gotten <laughs> yeah. that before. <laughs> my favorite thing along those lines that I've ever heard after a show is, I'm sure some people will get it. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks. You Look, can leave. It's going to be an uphill battle for you, but I'm sure you'll find a place. <laughs> oh, man. So Kelly, obviously, when we brought you on the show, there was there was a big section, a big thematic thing that we were trying to draw out of you, and that is your worst experiences performing. Oh, uh, okay, I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> what is he setting up here? What's about to happen? My anxiety was going. I was like, were you trying to do what? Oh, is no, it? it's just the premise of the show. Right. <laughs> it's just the whole yeah. point, the whole reason we're here. We want to hear about your failures. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea that you did magic before, like, you know, having you on here, obviously. But other than, like, you know, you said that you weren't terribly good at magic, and so you would try and talk your way around the illusions. Was there a time mm-hmm. that that just, like, particularly didn't go well? Y- yeah, I... Uh... Um, Drew Lachey was uh, on a tr- like I was doing magic on a tr- are you talking about magic still? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, or just in general, because I'm talking terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Lachey was on um, an event that I was on, and uh, I kept avoiding going to him because I didn't want to like mess up a mat like i didn't want to be like hey i'm the magician you know (laughs) right so i just kept avoiding him and his family and finally it's like we don't get a trick and i'm like (laughs) Uh, i did like 
I did like a card trick and like his kid tried to like reach for the card and I like had to like sh- like kind of like yank it back because I'm like no that's where the trick is. <laughs> and then I just ended up doing it and they just kind of looked at me like womp womp and I'm like yeah well I wasn't going to do it for you. <laughs> that high pressure situation. Um, oh man. That's one that comes to mind. I'm sure there's others. So as a magician, was it like you would go around a party atmosphere and do tricks to specific groups of people? It's called strolling magic. Oh, the technical term. Technical term is strolling magician because there's stage magician and there's strolling magician. Okay. Strolling is when you're just going at the party through leisure. You'll do a trick here. You'll go over to this group. How are you guys doing? Can I show you a trick? And then I would take a drink. A bathroom break. <laughs> Everything I could to get the numbers off the clock, so I only had to do like. And then, of course, I would talk to like any girl about how cute her dress is, or like, "What do you guys do anyway?" Like, I would ask them questions. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh the real illusion is like someone invited a cool magician to the party who just happened to be doing magic tricks. That's the <laughs> yeah. illusion. Yes, exactly. The ultimate trick is that I'm not actually here to work that's freaking amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so i mean honestly what i'm gathering from your magic experiences is that you ran a really slick hustle on an entertainment company (laughs) and that was the trick that was it i will send this to him because he would laugh at that but yeah i had to stop doing it i actually ended up giving him like giving his company all my tricks because i was like here, teach somebody else. <laughs> terrible. I'm out of the game. <laughs> but I did carry around, I did carry around these red little sponge balls. And when kids were like waiting in like restaurants or they're getting like really agitated with their parents, sometimes I'd pull them out and I'm like, do you guys want to see something? That sounds terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a little blonde girl, so the parents aren't like, you know, get away. <laughs> and I would do like the magic trick, and I their parents like really appreciated it. They're like, oh, they stopped being fussy for like ten minutes. So it was kind. Of, I, I was carrying these balls around me for probably a year. <laughs> you kept doing magic after God. you were hired. To do it. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> also, at like girls' nights, I'd be like the entertainment somehow they'd be like kelly read our palms kelly do a trick oh yeah i think... <laughs> totally yeah. forgot the about the palm story reading. was so crazy i completely forgot you were a palm reader for a little bit <laughs> yeah i have my tarot deck right here like i have my little notes oh that's amazing Is... my everything's so messy, oh, messy. <laughs> did you doing palm reading ever go terribly awry did you one time oh yes. yeah. yeah so palm reading um is not fortune telling right because you're reading these lines in their hand and you're telling them about their present situation or their past situation okay right? you're not really telling them about their future okay. unless you're talking about the lifeline so there's this girl i was reading her palm she goes where's my husband where is he? I'm tired of waiting. And I'm like, oh, well, your love line seems strong, but it does have some hard work, like, things in it. And she's like, but where? Like, it was, it was, like, <laughs> it was, 
It was like talking to Derek Zoolander. He's like, why are there models? Like, she would not. But where is he? And I'm like, there's nothing. There's nothing on your palm that says New Mexico. Like, I don't know what you want from me. She just she can't get past the just... idea that you don't know the future. Yeah, yeah. No, was like, 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 trying to shake me like, like a magic eight ball, and I was, like, not giving her the answer. So, like, I had to be, like, he's out there. I'm like, and to turn into, like, a little therapy session, I'm like, oh my are God. you going to Like, he's out there somewhere. Like, have you, have you been putting yourself out there? Um... <laughs> I would have I would have yeah. just given up. I would have been like New Zealand, you'll find him there. <laughs> I know, right? Buy a ticket. Right. The furthest place away from here that I can think of. That's where your husband is. And so I've been bamboozled by a psychic one time. My friend told me <laughs> she was like, You have to see this guy. He's amazing. He's like international. He's from Australia. He knew things about me. And my future that all came true and he, he was able to tell me about my past and all these things there's no way he could have known so i was like all right i'll try him out because i was having a really rough time and most of the time when people go to people like that they're seeking something so i'm like okay right. therapy or psychic. two hundred dollars later i think it was two hundred dollars we did like a facetime and he's like he's got an australian accent he's like i'm seeing pr do you have a pr I'm seeing PR in your background. And I was like, so you Googled what college I went to and what major, what I majored in? There's no, I'm not doing PR. There's no public relations in my life. I'm not going into public relations. I majored in it. I got a degree in it. I never worked in it. You're, you just told me that you Googled me. You fraud. <laughs> I was so mad. And it sounded so weird. He's like, PR. And I was like, and he goes, who's Mary? And I was like, I don't know, Mary. He's like, Marie, Marie, Mary. He's like, do you know someone who's past named Mary or an M? And I was like, no. He's like, like Mary or Marie. And he just like kept doing it. I'm like, no. And then he just completely switched topics. I'm like, oh, you were just throwing shit out there, hoping anything will land. <laughs> you were just his worst bomb. <laughs> I was just like, I've done this shit to people. So why do it's I psychic think that you're psychic. real? any minute now you're gonna pull out some weird red squishy balls and try and do a trick i know your life i know what it's about look at this right um so not not to say all that stuff is phony but i really feel like he was and i never tried to be phony with it i actually like read up on the stuff and i'm like no i don't have spirits talking to me i don't have anything like that i'm just showing you what i know Mm. like what i've learned yeah so i would never like like when I do tarot reading, it's I'm always like, here's what I, here's what I'm interpreting. There's no magic fairy sitting on my shoulder <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like I'm not pretending I can talk to the dead. Stuff like that is just I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very easily manipulated like facet because, like you said, the people that seek that stuff out are looking for something, and it's so easy right. to just tap into that and to like you know right. figure out the psychology behind like well what are you looking for and no judgment because i'm one of them too like i got my tarot cards read by rachel true in salem massachusetts rachel true was in the movie the craft ah so i was like okay i was like <laughs> i was like first of all i want to meet her she was my favorite one second of all tarot card reading that sounds fun um and she was like uh and this was october of last year 
2019, she goes, something's going to happen. You're going to quit your job and your career is going to take off. And I was like, I don't have any plans to quit my job. Like, right. I hate change. I'm a very practical person. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's barking up the wrong tree. I quit my job in December of that year. And I was like, did she know that? Or did she just give me permission? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She put it yeah. in my head. But then she's also said my career would take off. And she goes, she goes, then she pulled the tower card. She goes, things are going to change. There's going to be a big change. And I'm like, I hate change. And then I'm like, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID. And I was like, eh. okay, maybe I should have done the thing. <laughs> Let's go back to her and ask her when the vaccine's going to come to everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please help us. <laughs> On the way, Dolly Parton. Thank you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i wish she would have seen that dolly parton was like the hero of 2020 that nobody saw coming <laughs> i have dolly on my shirt that's so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> hell yeah country music most are good storytellers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so kelly before we get out of here with the last couple of minutes that we have here uh in, in your 10 years of doing stand-up, what is your one quintessential bomb that still just, like, percolates in your brain? There's a couple going through my head right now. Usually it's small bars or stuff, but there was a time I tried a new joke. Um, Tommy John, again, had given me a guest spot when I was starting off, and I was like, oh, I'll do this joke. It was very edgy, and it got, like, one of the big groans and i was just like i can't believe i told that joke i'm not even gonna tell you guys you, you, <laughs> you can't <get> it. <laughs> it was very bad um, well we know how bad it has to be because you've admitted you were a magician on the show <laughs> yeah. so it has to be worse than that <laughs> it's very dark and it was groan worthy definitely groan worthy if i would hear a person telling it today i'd be like ew cheap shot Cheap shot, punching down. Um, but I just remember being like, and him, me coming back, and he's like, "That was great," and I was like, "You fucking liar! That's terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and I really like you as a comic and respect you, and I can't believe you just saw me eat a shit sandwich right there. <laughs> did it completely? This... Did it? Did that one joke completely derail the, the rest of your set, or were you able to recover? I don't remember. I want to say I almost closed with it. Oh, no. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, just, like just... pulling the ripcord in an anvil coming out. That's the... Right. Yep. Yeah, like, <laughs> bye. Sorry, I couldn't it right after that one. But I kept going. Um, I haven't really... I mean, sometimes you feel like you bomb when you did okay. Um, you just don't get a good reaction from people. It's different mm -hmm. from like bombing where people are like i hate you so, right um, yeah you guys had steamer on right yep yes that Did was the episode that just came out the cat williams one yep i was at that show oh what? my god <laughs> in the audience and i was like this is my friend and he told that joke i go i don't know him <laughs> <laughs> jealous i'm like I can't, oh, he's he's newer than me he got this opportunity slight jealousy but i was like good for him you know right. work your thing. and then he came over the next day and i was like chris you gotta get rid of that joke and he's like no i'm gonna keep it 
when he told the story, I don't think he attributed the bomb to one specific joke. It was a joke the- about hitting women. Oh, oh, snap. Details are elaborated <laughs> on. <laughs> oh no, that was so I'll tell you I'll tell you about his story from the audience perspective. He was doing <laughs> fine. And he did a joke about a male older bride with a black eye. And he goes, Why would I want a male older bride? Especially one that doesn't listen or doesn't take orders or whatever. <laughs> oh no. Okay. I could see that how- was the and everybody just went and he's like okay guys thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) it almost felt like a setup because cat williams came out was like y'all booed that white man he was just coming you know like and they kind of made a big thing about it but i was like chris like that's not who you are you're a nice guy yeah never hit a woman ever i was like why do you even have that joke he's like it's funny and i was like yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but I think 6,000 people just told you they didn't really love it that much. But he was like, I'm going to keep it. And I was like, all right. Power uh, to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just. Oh, I, I love the detective, like, Maltese Falcon angle this podcast is doing. <laughs> I was in the audience, so like I can tell you what really. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool to see something from your own perspective, and someone be like, "No, not from up in the nosebleed section." We heard that joke, and we were like, "And and I know it was that joke because I remember it. How else would I remember that joke and what right. it was? You know what I mean?" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he was doing pretty good up until then. Of course, it was like only his third joke, and I was like, "Yeah, layer it too, man." Yeah. <laughs> I love the but idea he's... that he's three jokes in. It's like they're they're that warmed up. Yeah, they like yeah, me yeah. that much. Yeah. That... <laughs> uh, I mean, he's a funny guy, and but he's also a, a very nice guy. Yeah, and that joke does not meet his personality. And I told him that to his face. And I'm telling it to him on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not your personality. You're not a bad guy. And no one wants to root for a villain. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Kelly, this has been an absolute blast. I've I've learned so much about you that I, I would have never have guessed in a million years. Thank you so much Uh-oh. for being honest, for being vulnerable, telling us all things that you just... It was like the theme of the podcast. It's like, why am I telling this to you people? Why am I telling... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you mentioned your dry bar comedy special for like three seconds, and then you're like, now let's talk about how I fucked up as a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Before we get out of here, how was the dry bar comedy special? Oh, you know, speaking of bombing, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The the first show went really well, um, but it was filled with older people. And I remember being like, they might not get me, especially this woman. She was wearing a mask in the front. Her mask had Trump written across her mouth. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, this might not and go well. Like, and no, she laughed and she liked me. And I was like, that's, it was surprising. And then there was younger people at the second show. And I was like, here's my people. And they didn't like, like they were just quiet the whole time. And I was like, you know what? I got, I got, I got one set. They were laughing. That's the one they'll use. Like, right. it's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. Cause you get two chances or whatever to tape. 
Gotcha. Right. Set twice. And the audience just, yeah, the first show, they liked me. The second show, they were like, we're tired. It's my <laughs> Yeah, that's surprising knowing your material. You are kind of hip. Like, I would think I, that crowd would like you most of all. But. Yeah, that's how I felt. But they were just like, you know, a little tighter, which is fine. And then, um, yeah, um, that's, that's the thing about comedy is, like, it's all about the mood and the vibe. Yeah. And and the feelings of the audience in that moment, like you can do the same set three, four times. You're going to have different reactions every single time, just according to the people that are there and their experiences. For sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it, too, where mm -hmm. I recently heard Seinfeld. He's all about perfecting the craft and his idea is you I'm going to find the funniest way to tell my joke and tell it the same way every time. But comedy kind of isn't like that. Right. It's new every time. And I love that about it. I love that too. And I love like um, when you can keep it fresh because you don't want to tell it the same time every time. Like I was in a, I was doing a show and sorry to keep going. I was doing a show <laughs> in Louisville and this, and I was doing the joke about uh, God, I don't even want to like promise something, but um there was this guy, I was interacting with him, and I do the setup, and he goes, and how'd that go? And then I did the punchline, and it sounded like we were having a conversation, and I just made the punchline up at the top of my head. Right. And I was like, now it's fun for me to be because yeah. <laughs> you're doing it a different way. So, yeah, I take the, uh, it's good to know your timing and your rhythm, but, you know, it might be boring if you do it the same way every single time. Oh, so. absolutely. Right. I would I would yeah. grow to hate all of my jokes if I did them the exact yeah. same way. Yeah, you sound like a robot after time. a while. Yeah, you mm -hmm. lose the passion behind it that makes it entertaining. Like, At least exactly. in my humble opinion. What do I know? Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, you're, okay. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So um, when and where can people find the dry bar thing? I think it comes out in six months. They... Got okay, that's probably it. around when we'll get the podcast out too. So that's okay, good. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough time for me to hunt you down and delete these tapes. <laughs> <laughs> if they just disappear and you just see like my magician's calling card where the stack of audio is, it's just like a. She did know magic the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, where where else can people find you, Kelly? Do you got a website? You got socials that people want to be gravitating towards? Yeah, um, at Kelly Collect Comedy is my website. I um, I have a dates listed there that I don't really keep up with because a lot of my stuff has been last minute offerings. Right. Um, but I have been doing um, a series on YouTube where I talk to my niece for five minutes and tell her something from my childhood that was cool, and then she teaches me something from her childhood, which is now. Uh, that she thinks is cool and we talk about that so it's a quick little family series and um i'm trying to think of what else yeah just kelly collette at anything i mean don't don't be weird don't rank me <laughs> <laughs> social media has been like i'm trying to get away from it but you can't if you want to do this so it's like a hard right. pill yeah. to swallow you're like mm. oh, i gotta be out there i'm like i don't want to be out there <laughs> <laughs> it, it's only until you're big enough to have someone to run it for you so right right <laughs> six months yeah, for right. you you're you'll probably have someone and you won't have to worry about it <laughs> tower card kelly tower card, tower card. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute blast. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Excellent. Yeah, it was fun. Great stuff.